Hey, Rose, do you ever call up Royally Obsessed on Alexa? It's one of the easiest ways to listen to the pod. You can hear our latest episode every week there, thanks to Amazon Music, which has a full catalog of podcasts, including Royally Obsessed. All you have to do is say, Alexa, play Royally Obsessed on Amazon Music. Oh, no, mine is listening to me say that right at this moment. <laughs> a royal reminder, new episodes drop every Thursday. Tune in on Amazon Music. Now on to the show. Please rise for their majesties of Royally Obsessed, the podcast for all things royals. Stand by! Three cheers for Her Majesty the Queen! Hi guys and welcome to another episode of Royally Obsessed. I'm Lisa Ryan. And I'm Caitlin Munza. And we've got all the latest royal news and gossip in preparation of the upcoming royal wedding. The royal wedding. So make sure to follow us on Instagram at Really Obsessed Podcast. We're going to be talking about a lot of stuff tonight that we're going to be putting on our Instagram so you can follow along with that. But then also join our Facebook group under Royally Obsessed. Same thing. We're going to be just putting so much stuff. There's just yeah. so much information this week. And then, of course, we love your feedback. And especially we love your five-star ratings. <laughs> and by feedback, I mean compliments. Yes. So please leave comments and rate us and subscribe and all this stuff on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, everything yeah, like please that. Please come interact with us. And this week we're going to be chatting about the Lifetime movie, the life-changing Lifetime movie. Indeed. And then uh, what's going on with Meghan Markle's family. Oh, God. Uh, what you need to know about the wedding since it is happening. And then we're going to be joined by Tanya Dukes, an actual jewelry expert who will tell us about tiaras and everything we need to know. It's tiara time. And just so you guys know, Saturday morning, we are going to be dropping a special etiquette episode where we're talking to Micah Meyer, who is just like the resident etiquette expert of the world, basically. She knows yes. everything. So yes. she's going to be schooling us. She's on. going. I'm very scared. I'm sure we're going to get a lot of critiques on our posture. <laughs> and then later that day, around probably 2.30, we're going to have a live show. So the day of the wedding, after Caitlin and I wake up like at the, the dawn. The butt crack of dawn. Yeah. We are going to have a live show and we're just going to go through everything about the wedding. So it's, that's going to be on our Instagram and our Facebook. Yeah. We'll be mimosa tipsy and probably wearing tiaras. So come on by. <laughs> and now it's time for the weekly royal cocktail. And today's royal refreshment, of course, is just champagne. Um, I'm going to just say last week, that crown royal uh, <laughs> cocktail got me a little bit drunk. A little bit. And I didn't realize that anybody noticed I thought it was just in my head and then at the end our producer was like Lisa you're a little drunk and then what transpired was a no you are drunk and you're drunk I, I do recommend re-listening to last week's podcast because of course it was delightful if I do see some myself but also because Lisa gets progressively tipsier as the <laughs> cast goes on um, but yes today we were just drinking champagne because it's freaking royal wedding week royal wedding week and also I can handle my champagne sure can I can drink this in my sleep so I'm very excited I was born drinking champagne actually I wasn't my mom was very responsible <laughs> that's good I'm glad to hear that um, okay so like Lifetime movie. We gotta do it. The moment we've been waiting for, of course, oh my God. Yes, it's finally here. It was truly everything I wanted it to be and more. So much more. Yeah. So what, what were some of your highlights? Okay, so I'm, so first of all, spoiler alert. If you haven't listened to the Lifetime or you haven't watched Lifetime movie, maybe just like go forward like five to ten minutes. Yeah. Because but honestly, if you haven't watched it, like who are you? What are you doing? I guess like living your life and not watching Lifetime. That's but, confusing. Yeah, I don't get it. But OK, so by far my favorite moments. Number one, 
when Prince Harry is defending the TIG, Meghan Markle's um, <laughs> now defunct lifestyle blog. So as everybody remembers, um, Meghan was a lifestyle blogger and she was very passionate about the TIG. It was named after some wine. So that's like what you need to know. It was a lot of stuff about, um, you know, women's empowerment, but also fashion and uh, travel and wine and food and, and stuff. Yeah. I mean, it was like it was kind a lifestyle of a, blog, a typical but nice. Like she's she's very smart. So it was like maybe a little more intelligent than some of the other celebrity ones but still like it that. was no goop is what we're saying yeah <laughs> but um so in the movie uh at, at one point i don't even know who it was it must be like the private secretary of the royal family like somebody who's not an integral character was saying like can't you get her to close down her blog and harry's like no it's part of her identity and then this is the quote it's a community of inspiration <laughs> I and that so much. it was honestly uh, like i was like Yes. Yeah, it was this is just, what I needed. It was such shade at the TIG. There was shade at the TIG and there was shade at suits on multiple occasions. So many. And times. as opposed to um towards the end, like they they make very real references obviously throughout the film that things that I would assume they had to get the rights signed off for. So for example, at the end of the movie, you see her preparing for what is clearly her Vanity Fair interview. Mm-hmm. But then when they show the cover or when they discuss it, they don't call it Vanity Fair. They call it by another mag. They give it a fake magazine name, even oh. though it's clearly Vanity Fair. And But suits, they call suits, I think because you would have to. But they shade suits so badly like throughout the movie mm-hmm. in ways that I found very funny. So they're, they're sort of nice about it in some points because William and Kate when they are talking to Harry about his new girlfriend, they're like, oh, we watched Suits. I had quite a laugh. And so, like, they're cute about that, that they binged it and that uh, Harry binge watches it while he's studying his this girl he has a crush on. But at the beginning and at the end, they show her filming and the lines she has are so stupid that she keeps trying to make them more feminist or more interesting. Or they want they push her to shoot a scene in a towel. And she's like, but I just want a case. Why would I be in a towel? And so it establishes, A, that she's a feminist, in case you don't get that in every single scene. <laughs> um, but also that Suits is stupid and simple and uh, backward. Quite frankly, if I worked on Suits, not even just like, as an actor just at all involved in the show I probably would be offended by this because it made it seem like Suits wants her to like parade around the law office in a bikini yeah. or something which this show doesn't do and no but like at one point the guy or um, producer producer is like telling her to look coquettish which yeah. is like basically her argument is no I'm going to a business meeting doing business things and I'm a feminist yeah and they frame it towards the end when she decides uh to quit the show and move to England with him they're already talking about marriage and getting more serious but uh that's suits is so stupid like the producer is so dumb that's what inspires her to quit the show like she meets a beautiful little black girl who is inspired like isn't very inspired to meet her and it's like oh my god you're dating the prince are you guys gonna get married so that's part of her inspiration but then also part of it is that her lines are so stupid that that inspires her to quit the show on the spot and move to england so wow really mean to suits. so mean but also i think it's completely ridiculous that they would suggest that she wasn't already planning on moving to england and quitting the show they made it seem like prince harry was going to move to toronto or move to la and she was going to keep filming suits that was never going to happen yeah of all the fanfic sort of nonsense that i enjoyed the sex scenes and the sex scenes 
Um, the <laughs> silliest part to me was that the idea that Prince Harry was ever going to move to L.A. Like, really? Come on. I know he's a, a rebel, but he was never going to quit his job and move to L.A. Yeah. And then, OK, my second favorite parts. There's two parts about this. Mm hmm. So Princess Diana actually plays a role and Caitlin and I were just talking off the pod about <laughs> how great the actress who played Diana was. She was in it very, very briefly, but looked just like her, sounded just like her and did a good job. And then, of course, Diana dies. And um, as is factually accurate, um, Charles takes William and Harry to Africa afterwards just to like kind of like get immediately away from after to get away from all yeah. the stuff and, you know. Yeah, have and, some quiet time. And so Harry gets really upset and he's like, I can't believe you made me walk behind the coffin, which I don't think the boys even were aware was weird no. until they were older. But then he's confronted by a lion and they just kind of stare. And then Charles comes. And he's like, I'm going to save you, my boy. And then he takes a gun and he's just as he's shooting, like literally as he's shooting, Harry knocks the gun away because you know what? Harry thinks the lion is his mom. Yeah. So you don't get that in the beginning, in the opening of the movie. That's the opening scene of it. But like three quarters of the way through, he explains to Megan that his mother appeared to him as a lion right after her death, <laughs> which I don't, I don't mean to laugh, but it's just so screwed up. I mean, it would be, it'd be one thing if Harry had ever said that IRL and he, I'd be really moved by it. He literally never said but it. But he's never said that. And it's such an, a bizarre extrapolation. And then later, uh, while they're having a fight uh, toward the end of the film, Megan and Harry are having a fight and he's really upset because it's the 20th anniversary of her passing and he runs out of his house, out of their vacation home in Africa somewhere. They don't say it's in Botswana again, but it's like it's somewhere nondescript African country and he encounters yet another lion. And so and he's with Megan and they're just like, oh no, and they just stare at the lion. They just stare at the lion and then the lion walks away. And so as I wrote in my Cosmo.com recap, I thought... <laughs> I thought it was sort of, oh, my God, it's the Princess Diana lion is back. And she's sort of giving them her blessing. Like, she is blessed. Because he proposes the next morning. And then he also, like, sobs in Megan's arms yes. after. Because the fight was about how he wouldn't talk about his feelings. So it also kind of makes it seem like all of the work he's done with um, Heads Together to talk about, with, which is, like, the initiative that he has with um, Kate Middleton and Prince William it makes it sounds like that's all because Megan's like it's okay to talk about your feelings <laughs> as if she inspired their nonprofit about mental health and also they played William and Kate this was offensive to me on many levels um, they play William and Kate as a kind of frosty and be not happy in their own marriage get out of your lifetime how dare you also the stuff about um, Kate in general was just kind of strange like she kept on talking about how she's a commoner and I feel like Kate probably never brings it up like it's probably like a sore subject she doesn't want to bring up but she keeps on saying to Megan like us commoners need to stick together and um they make it seem like she pretends that she doesn't have opinions but she's really like this big opinionated feminist and right I mean I love Kate but I don't think she's like the most opinionated person I think she's kind of happy yeah in her life it was the the characterization if you will of William and Kate was very bizarre and very uneven from a writerly perspective because mm -hmm. yeah sometimes they're judgy and she says the, that line that famous line from the trailer of even Peter Pan has to grow up sometime <laughs> like I just don't I just don't buy that that's just doesn't make any sense but then she's warm at the end and then when Harry and Megan have a fight Megan goes to her which like if you like, if you've been dating a guy for just a couple of months and then he freaks out because you bring up commitment, you don't go to his sister to discuss how you should 
manipulate him into committing. Like, I just don't buy that they would jump from meeting once or twice to now she goes to her with her relationship problems. Like, Mm -hmm. it just, and then, and then she's warm about it that Kate all of a sudden becomes her confidant. And it just was so uneven. Also, they get so close in the movie to the degree that at Pippa's wedding, Kate reveals that she's pregnant, but that's not what happened because Pippa was married in May of 2017 and Kate gave birth in late April of 2018. Yeah. And so it's a long ass pregnancy. Yeah, she's not an elephant. Like she <laughs> yeah. she gives birth within nine months. And yeah. and also like the Pippa Middleton did not look like Pippa. The wedding dress didn't look like that. We know for a fact that um Megan wore a black dress, not like a big maroon dress. Like everything about the Pippa Middleton wedding stuff yeah. was just a bit like ridiculous. Also Megan was invited to the reception and they made it seem like Harry was so upset and she wasn't invited and then he goes and picks her up and then she arrives. But no, like she was she was invited like yeah. to the reception. That was a whole thing. Like I covered it all the time for the cut last year. Like, is she going? Is she not? Because yeah. I just wanted her to go. And of course. So we have some quibbles, but overall I'm I'm honestly shocked at how much I liked maybe I shouldn't be shocked. I freaking love the Royals. But I really <laughs> was shocked at how well it how how good it was, how well it was handled. Bravo, Lifetime. Yes. I will never make a joke about you again, except throughout this conversation that we just had about the film. And every other conversation and we have every, about them. Yeah. But yeah, I also really loved it, but I also love Lifetime movies. Like, yeah. I just kind of like the soapy, I don't want to say trashy, but like kind of trashy stuff. Kinda and trashy. So like, it was exactly what you expect from a Lifetime movie. Just a very soap opera take with a lot of... Um, things about this relationship and it was amazing and I think if you went into it expecting some like Academy Award winning film and you're I don't know like what the heck are you expecting from a lifetime movie get off this channel yeah so I think it was great and I had so much fun watching it and I'm definitely gonna watch it again like for sure it really made me even more excited for this wedding which I didn't think I could be um but speaking of trashy and yes that's the transition I would like to use (laughs) um I we have to talk about Poor Meghan Markle and her very messy family. So we're just a couple of days away from the wedding. And, you know, I've never gotten married, but I feel like the last couple of days before your wedding should be like massages and little salads for lunch and manicures. Like it should not be the stress that poor Meghan Markle is under. So this week, you know, every hour of every day of this week so far has brought a new development about Thomas Markle, her father. Mm -hmm. And so full disclosure, we are recording this on Tuesday, which has been a crazy day for Thomas Markle news. And we have a lot of things planned uh, for the royal wedding gearing up to that for you guys and around it. But like today is Tuesday. And this day alone, we have gone from Thomas Markle not attending to him attending to him not attending again. Yes. And this all stems from we mentioned this, I think it was last week or the week before all these like amazing paparazzi pictures have been published recently of him and I totally love them I was obsessed with them I wrote about it for the cut about how obsessed I am and some of my coworkers were saying there's no way these are candid like these have to be like posed and staged and like he would never this is just the most honest thing I've ever seen yes and of course it turns out they were all staged like he was reading a picture book about the UK at a Starbucks he was exercising outside he was uh, getting fitted for suits outside and he was and there's one photo that my coworkers pointed to as like the most incriminating one incriminating one um, where he was at an internet cafe looking up pictures of 
um, Megan and Harry, like yes. a slideshow. And then the computer was like tilted so that yes. you could see it perfectly from tilted outside. Tilted out the window. Yeah, he was looking at a slideshow of Megan and Harry's sweetest moments from town and country, which <laughs> is even better. Um, so the photos were always, yeah, kind of like so over the top and kind of corny, but that's why we loved them. And then it turned out... Um, I think it's the Daily Mail published this like expose as Mm -hmm. if it really needed an expose on Monday yesterday to say that, oh, he like worked with a paparazzi agency to stage those photos. And so they released that. And then Thomas Markle gave a statement saying, "Okay, yes, I faked them. And that was really stupid. And I won't go to the wedding because now I've embarrassed my daughter and I'm going to be an embarrassment and I'll be a distraction. So I'm not going, which is such a classic drama family move to be like, oh, if you don't want me there, like if if it's such an issue, if you hate me so much, I just won't go, which is obviously a much more dramatic thing to do. So just swallowing this mini scandal and attending the wedding. So basically he rang up TMZ or they rang him up and he said that Thomas Markle said he wasn't going to attend. And then, oh, by the way, I had a heart attack. Oh, how could I even forget? So yeah, he said he had a heart attack. Then a couple of hours later, he gave an interview yesterday where he was like, well, I never went to the hospital or to a doctor, but... Um, I had this like burning in my chest after I ate something and kind of a stomach ache. And I was like, did you have acid reflux? <laughs> like, are you really like you what? Because it was such an insane thing. All of a sudden the headlines were like, oh, he's not going because he had a freaking heart attack. And then I was like, no, he had acid reflux. And then he's going to go to a doctor. Maybe he needs to have open heart surgery so he can't attend the wedding. But then midday today, he said, oh, no, of course I have to be there. It's an important moment. And we're like, uh-huh. So yes, it what, is. What I was seeing was um, like on Monday when the news broke that he wasn't going to be attending, Kensington Palace was completely blindsided, according to like TMZ, but also I think according to like a lot of royal correspondents that I follow yeah. online, like they weren't expecting this because he didn't even tell them. He just told TMZ. Yeah. And so they put out a statement saying that Megan's, you know, please respect her privacy during this time. It's very personal. And then today, Tuesday, um, Thomas is saying that Megan texted him to say, I love you and please come. So he's like, okay, actually, maybe I am going to go if my doctors clear it. And so like Caitlin and I were texting all day, like <laughs> what the heck? We can't keep up with this because yeah. it was just like 12 hours ago that he wasn't going. And then now he's suddenly going. And then this evening at like five o'clock or something, yeah. TMZ publishes, oh no, I'm not going. I need to have heart surgery. Yeah, I need to have open heart surgery. Just like the craziest thing. And I just feel so bad for Megan. Keep in mind, as I said, we are recording this on Tuesday. So who knows? Who freaking knows? <laughs> like this is coming out Thursday. He could be there by Thursday. I, ho- I really hope he is. And so that's that's the Thomas Markle an- angle. And then on the other side, her other family members, her half siblings, her half siblings are have been arriving in the UK and they also definitely tipped off paparazzi because they were photographed like flying into Heathrow with like 10 suitcases each and it's her brother's wife and their kids who she's like never even met and they are doing commentary for a British morning show on Saturday morning during the royal wedding. That is the tackiest thing I've ever heard. It's so tacky and trashy and bad. I just feel so sorry for her that like all of these like cockroaches are coming out of the woodwork 
to be on TV for a couple of hours and just probably make fun of her. And they've all, of course, given interviews where, you know, obviously Samantha Margot called her the pushy princess and tried to sell a book about it. But her uh, half-brother also said that she's a phony and she doesn't even talk to them and she's not really that nice. Like, if that's the worst, like, insult you can come up with, it's, she's, she's not as nice as she seems. Like, of course, none of us are. Like, it's just, it's so bad. It's so unfortunate and I really feel for her that like every human being every cousin is coming out to talk trash about her on TV yeah and I feel so bad for her because like she's already dealing with an intense amount of scrutiny yeah and she's dealing with a lot of like really bad press in general I mean the UK press in particular has been quite racist and classist about her background and so she's already dealing with like awful things yeah and then the just the pressure first of getting married which is a lot of pressure for anybody but like getting married in front of like two billion people or however many people are going to watch that's insane and then now she's dealing with all of these like low lives who she's kind of related to and I don't know I mean I think family is really important and I'm fairly close with mine but if I had relatives treating me like this I would just cut them off and never invite them to my wedding and yet they're like co-hosting a morning show which is insane and so I do not approve of their behavior and I do not like them I we do not like them uh, I'm I'm out of words, Lisa. I'm out of words because it's very stressful to me that my poor friend Meghan Markle is going through this on what should be the happiest week of her life. And also, just to like wrap this up, um, Thomas Markle, when talking to TMZ tonight, Tuesday evening, he said that he thinks he had the heart attack because of the open letter that his son, Thomas Markle Jr., wrote telling Prince Harry not to marry Meghan. So it all comes full, full circle. Like his, this, his kids are killing him. Yeah. They are. And they're killing us, too. Like, they are killing Quite they're frankly, like, killing could us. you not? Could also, you in the not, midst please? of all of this today, um, Andrew Morton, who we have discussed often on the show because he wrote the book, literally the book about Meghan Markle, and he wrote Diana's amazing, the quintessential Diana biography. He, in the midst of all of this today, collapsed mid-speech at a university from a stroke, a, a probable stroke. We don't know yet because he's in the hospital. So all of our hopes and prayers go out to Andrew Morton, Mm-hmm. whose book, who's just written so much about the royal family and is an amazing guy. And my God, this week is is taking no prisoners. How are we going to survive the next few days? Like, you guys, you're listening on Thursday probably. I hope we're alive. I just, everyone, please wrap yourselves in bubble wrap and get your sleep. Like, this is, it's go time. <laughs> this is not a drill. This is not a drill. It's royal wedding week. Everyone needs their rest. So yeah, our our thoughts and hopes and prayers go out to Andrew Morton. Please take care of yourself. We need more of your books. Um, yes, and we hope we, you're fine. We hope you're fine, and we really want you to write about this wedding when the time comes, because obviously this week has given us a lot of drama that could be a book easily. Mm-hmm. Um, and speaking of the wedding, and now a royal wedding update. <laughs> the only thing we care about. Um, it's it's just a couple of days away, so we want to go through some super basics about what you need to know for Saturday morning. Um, one of them, it's not on our immediate list, but I would like to discuss it, is what time to wake up. So, of course, oh, yes. I don't even know how Lisa and I are going to go to sleep on Friday night, <laughs> to be honest with you, but um, it starts, the wedding begins at, they'll, they'll start making their appearances at 11 a.m. Uh, London time is that right so it's 6 a.m. in New York yes we here at Royal Obsessed will be waking up around 5 Eastern time so maybe follow us along on Twitter we'll give our handles shortly um, because we'll be freaking out but all the good stuff will start happening between around 6 and 7 a.m. on the East Coast Uh, 
Yay. Yes, I'm excited, but also nervous. It'll be the best early alarm we've ever set. So just remember that and just roll out of bed with mimosa. It'll be fine. Have um, one like made and ready right next yeah, to you. It's, and- t- it's totally fine. So that, there's that very important thing. Um, so how you can watch it, of course, a lot of TV stations in the U.S. will be showing the event. Um, CBS is starting its broadcast at 4, NBC at 4.30, and ABC at 4 at 5 a.m. All East Coast times. Most channels will probably be re-airing it, but BBC America has said that they will re-air the whole thing later in the afternoon. So if mm-hmm. you're like not as diehard as we are, which is confusing. <laughs> why are you listening? I don't know why. How but you also st- rate us five stars. <laughs> I don't know how you stumbled over here, but you can watch again in the afternoon. And as we told you before, there's not going to be um, any maid or matron of honor for Megan, but she is going to have bridesmaids, which is kind of like, a flower girl here but there's like a gaggle of them a whole group yeah. of them and it is believed that princess charlotte's going to be one of them Heck so yeah i'm so excited i cannot wait she was so cute in pippa's wedding yes. last year so i'm so excited for that and prince george is going to be a page boy yes so he'll be wearing little like britches basically which is reason enough to wake up at 5 a.m if you ask me after the ceremony there's going to be a reception and it's going to be just a lunch reception for like all of the guests and yes. it's I read that there's going to be a lot of like bowls instead of actual seated stuff. And then later in the evening, there's going to be the private reception, which is the fancy event that only 200 people have been invited to. And we're probably not going to see anything from it. So don't get your hopes up. For the last royal wedding, Kate Middleton and Harry's, sorry, oh my God, I can't talk. Kate Middleton and Williams. That's the one. You know, those people. um, We saw a picture of them walking towards the reception when they were leaving Clarence House with um, Prince Charles and Camilla so we got to see a glimpse of Kate's second dress and I think that might be the only reason why they really released that picture so we could see the second dress yeah the second dress because Megan is going to be wearing a second dress as well yeah again I'm sad that I'm not invited um confused I think yeah hurt. at this point I, I, for a while I was like where is my invitation but now I'm just like it's not coming. it's not coming yeah that's something that we have to work through luckily we have our royal cocktail of champagne so we're like working on it but it is a very very sad state that we're finally um, coming around to that realization we also have the couple have announced uh, or we've discovered where they're staying the night before the wedding because of course paparazzi needs to know where to camp out yes. um, so Megan will be staying with her mom at Clybedon House Hotel, which is nine miles from Windsor. Um, and Harry will be staying at the Coworth Park in Ascot with his brother, um, which, of course, ugh, just some brotherly reminiscing and loving. I love bro bonding. They're going to get so drunk. They're probably going to get drunk. But she has I'm to be up early. It. They have to be up early. So, like, please don't do that. I bet she's not. But I bet Harry's going to be, like, reeking of booze during his I wedding. I do think that's kind of how that goes. Um, but then what's funny is on the wedding night, um, you would think that maybe they would go back to one of these hotels, but no, they're actually staying at Windsor Castle, which uh, is hilarious to me because it's also where his grandmother's going to be staying. It's literally his grandmother's house. I mean, granted, I Googled it, and it is known as, like, one of the largest homes in the world. Like, it is a giant castle, so yeah. I'm sure they can be in, like, separate wings and no one can hear anything, but Not it is sexy. just kind of, yeah, it is <laughs> just kind of funny. Like, they're going back to his grandma's house. Like, oh. Yeah, happy what a nice, wedding. Like, wrap up. Yes, but when you on the day you marry into the royal family to stay to sleep in a castle that night seems about right. Yeah, that um, seems right. But like, <laughs> what about the other castles? Yes, that's true. Um, and for all of the buzzkills out there, people do wonder who is paying for the wedding. Um, so it's going to be an estimated uh, thirty-four million dollars for this wedding, but uh, thirty-two million of that is security. 
So that is being paid for by the British taxpayers. So the actual, yes, the actual wedding dress, the flowers, the cake, the food, the party will be paid for by the family. All the security will be paid for by the British people. Thank you, British people. Yes, thank you. But at the same time, while it will use British taxpayer money, I think weddings like this also bring in a lot of money. So I'm sure like after the wedding, we're going to see the boom to the economy. I mean, all the Markles just went to London. Like, that's true. They're all there. They're like spending all this money, I bet. All 4,000 members of Markle's extended family are there. So that's so much money being brought in. It's just going to like cover it. So it's fine. Don't worry, British taxpayers. Like we got you. It all evens out. (laughs) And of course, uh, will there be any corgis there? Unfortunately, we can make a wild guess that even though she's a California girl and California couples love having their dogs in their weddings, that there will be no corgis in attendance. It's very risky to have a dog in your wedding. Probably. They bark. They pee on the dress. It's too much. Also, um, some people have been asking what her name is going to be after she gets married because I feel like we know a lot about the last names because we are really obsessed. But... And also because we watched the Lifetime movie where Harry says his name is Harry Mountbatten Windsor, which is ridiculous because he also calls himself Harry Wales. Wales. Yeah. But I mean, Mountbatten Windsor is accurate. So it seems like when she gets married, her name will change to Rachel Megan Mountbatten Windsor because she is Rachel. That is her first name. Yes. She goes by Megan. Um, One of my colleagues at Vulture actually wrote this great um, in-depth investigation into like why yes. she uses the name Something Rachel. Like Three thousand words was what I, when I was reading it. It was so long, and she asked me, and I I was quoted in it, and I was like, she's gone by Megan since she was little. Yeah. I think that's just the gist of it. Yeah, but it's, it's not a conspiracy. It's a Meghan hilarious Markle thing. Just sounds better. Yeah. Um, but yes, she will that her name her last name could become Mountbatten Windsor. Also, we still don't know. They haven't announced yet what their titles will be. Um, We've speculated about that in the past, that they will most likely be the Duke and Duchess of Sussex. That sounds Um, right. They will be awarded some sort of, you know, county in England, but we don't know that yet. So Mm -hmm. we should find out in the next couple of days. You could also really just call Meghan Markle that from now on. She can pick, she can choose her own adventure. I'm just going to call her Queen Megan. Queen Megan. Sounds Completely great. accurate. And now we are joined by Tanya Dukes. She's a stylist, writer, editor, and most importantly, jewelry expert. And she's here to let us know basically everything we don't know. Yes. So welcome, Tanya. Thank you. I'm so excited to be with you guys. Thank you so much for coming. We are very, very uninformed about jewelry. Yes, which is tragic. I'll try Um, and help. (laughs) So we have lots of uh, tiara questions because, of course, that's really all eyes are on the tiara. But first, we wanted to start with some smaller jewelry issues because we're wondering what Megan will be wearing on Saturday morning. So do you have any feelings about earrings necklace bracelets like how how big can she go and how heavy should she go well i think she can go big but i don't think she will um you know i it's hard to follow in kate middleton's footsteps so i think she's going to try and really distinguish herself but um also be appropriate and not be a lightning rod for any reason really i think she wants to be beautiful and iconic and gorgeous and um and not get the ire of the Daily Mail in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> of all so, the things. Yeah, so. get it either way. They're very mean. To they're they're so quite mean. mean. Oh, it's terrible, especially after this week. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Would you talk a little bit about what Meghan Markle's 
jewelry and accessory style is like in general? Yeah, I mean, up to now, she's been quite understated. Um, you know, even when you look at her when she was doing the circuit as a, a, an actress, she was, you know, kept it kind of small and petite and stacked diamond stackable bands, really things that are kind of personal um, and not ostentatious. Um, so, and I think even since the engagement, she's kind of kept on that vein. So, you know, little studs. She's been seeing these Cartier pieces um, mm-hmm. that are really kind of cool, geometric, but also very under the radar. But, you know, very classic gold, diamonds, and nothing terribly showy. And I think she'll, you know, try and stay true to herself within that still kind of glamorous, sparkly, diamond encrusted um, uh, vocabulary of a, being a royal bride. Um, you know, like some people have said that she, she maybe she won't re- wear a tiara, and I, I can't imagine that that no, would ever strike the happen. thought. I mean, don't you want to see her in a tiara? I do. Oh, yeah, of course. That's all I want. That's, <laughs> that's like what I think I about when I go to bed at night. <laughs> yeah. well, actually, one question I had. So the only thing I really notice about her jewelry is that she wears a lot of rings. She can only wear like the one ring, the engagement ring at the wedding, right? Or what? Yeah, yeah. She loves the teeny tiny cat bird rings she, on every knuckle. Yeah, she, yes. She's kind of big on those little dainty things. I think that all eyes are going to be in the engagement ring. And we really want to keep the focus on that really special piece. I mean, we all know that as that central diamond from Botswana because that's so important and they kind of put a lot of emphasis on that the personal aspect of that ring and how special it is with Diana's diamonds as well um, so I think that that's going to be the focal point and I don't think she's going to really wear anything else that's going to distract from that I mean a little bit of it turns on the dress of course which is all has us gasping but um, I think you know I would look for earrings tiara and the engagement ring and she's probably going to keep it pretty simple I don't think she's going to come out in you know every finger and and wrist and neck bestooned. I mean, it's a a hard thing to resist, as I would have a hard time. (laughs) If I were let into the Tower of London to have access to the jewels, like, I I wouldn't have time to get married. I would be very busy with that endeavor. Um, Yeah, also, I would wear, like, every single jewel I could because I would just think that someone was going to be like, Lisa, get out of here. (laughs) And so I would just, like, I would show up to my wedding just, like, wearing jewelry on every single limb and yeah. everything possible. I know. But it, I guess she's allowed in there. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's the, different. The queen is definitely, uh, it's been made known that the queen is is happy to loan these pieces to her for mm-hmm. um, this day and I'm sure ever after. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think, yeah, we're going to see her kind of really um, make her first royal statement. I mean, tiaras are really re- reserved for basically brides and married women. So um, this is kind of her coming out as a royal um, with this really special headpiece. So, um, yeah, and, uh, you know, the queen has this amazing treasure trove of tiaras that, you know, dates back to, you know, she has pieces from Queen Victoria and, yeah. you know, Queen Mary. So, um, sky's yeah, the limit. sky's the limit. I mean, and there's every kind of variety. There's, you know, geometric fringed. There's florals. What does there's that gar- mean, geometric fringe? <laughs> like, what is a geometric well, fringe? There, for instance, there's one that if you've seen Queen Elizabeth on her wedding day, it's kind yes. of upright, <laughs> upright and, and it's kind of decked with diamonds. And, um, you know, there can be these vertical bars that stand upright and, um, you know, scores of diamonds. It was originally a necklace. And that's something that's very interesting about tiaras is a lot of them convert 
So, you know, you'll have something that was was a necklace, and then it becomes a tiara, or something can be worn across the forehead and as a headband. And I think that that's something that it might be interesting that for Megan to do is to, uh, you know, wear a piece that hasn't been seen for a long time. Um, and before we go into some pieces that she may or may not mm-hmm. be wearing, um, I just want to let everybody know that they can follow along with every single picture on our Instagram page, Rarely Obsessed Podcast, because we know how important visuals are. <laughs> yes, especially when we're talking about diamonds. Yes, diamonds. So are. what are some of the ones that people are thinking Megan might wear? Well, oh gosh. Um <laughs> The, the options are endless. I mean, there's there are a few that people have talked about that I don't think are real contenders, like Diana's tiara. I think you don't touch that. It's yeah. an iconic piece. And I mean, all which of, one? The, it's called the Spencer tiara. Okay. And yeah. um, I mean, I don't think you can follow in those footsteps. And it's also a piece that belongs to Diana's family. Uh, so okay. not that I'm sure they wouldn't loan it to her, but I think she's marrying into the Windsor family, and they want you know, a piece that is, belongs to them. Or maybe she'll get a new one, but. Um, it's I, also, it's the one that Diana wore on her wedding day. Yes. And I don't, I guess I'm the only, maybe I'm the only one who thinks this negatively, but I always feel like it's kind of odd to honor the marriage of, um, of Diana and Charles because exactly. it didn't go very well. Yeah. I mean, of course, Kate Middleton wears her ring, wears her engagement ring and, and it's beautiful and iconic and, anybody could recognize it but there's I do think there has to be an end to that at some point like I wouldn't want to wear part of Diana's wedding I like wedding look yeah all of these pieces are I mean the beauty of them is that you know they are so exceptional and rare and uh, you can't really go wrong but I think that that's too iconic I think you know there's a piece that was from the Queen Mother, and it's called the Strathmore Rose. Um, that, that sounds so fancy. I know, it sounds so fa- rose. fancy. Um, and the Queen, uh, Queen's Mother Award on her wedding day, it's kind of been out of circulation. Um, and we haven't seen it in public for a long time, but um, it's apparently quite delicate. But I think it's so romantic. I love the florals. I love that these kind of garland feeling, and it's kind of romantic and bohemian. So that would be that sounds very Megan it sounds kind of Megan right so yeah, she's like I love a good love story that's what she told Vanity Fair yes. exactly and it's just it seems more Megan and Harry to be a little more chill I mean chill it's probably a two million dollar item but uh just the the it looks like a flower crown almost the Markle tiara it's lovely <laughs> and this is a bit I mean no good excuse me I'm gonna go ahead and extrapolate here but what hairstyle do you think best complements a tiara? Ooh, that's a really a, good a, a big issue I've struggled with clearly in my own personal life. But <laughs> for Megan and for the, her wedding, what? How do you think she's going to style her hair to complement a tiara? Well, she has great hair, so yes, she does. That's always helpful in these situations. Um, I, I. It really depends on, you know, how she kind of wants to interpret it. If she wants to do kind of the bandeau style, she, a, like a great updo would be amazing a little volume and it can kind of nestle there a messy updo um, yeah a messy bun yeah. <laughs> a tendril oh <laughs> i'm down for that only dream um but i mean we saw kate middleton kind of do the half up half down uh styling when she wore that piece from cartier which is out of circulation because it's in australia right now so oh. you won't see that one why is it in australia it's it's in a, a museum exhibition Interesting. Yes. So I know there's been some speculation that she might wear that, but it's a Cartier piece that is 
in Australia. Huh. Mm-hmm. And so do you think Kate did her hair half up, half down just because she likes it? Or is that just like a good look for the tiara? I think it's a good look for the tiara. Um, I also think that, you know, it's very signature. You know, yeah. I think that for a lot of brides, you know, they don't want to depart from how they look. I mean, they want to recognize themselves. And I think that one, there's enough volume at the top when you've got that kind of half up styling that you can really kind of nestle it and there yeah. there are tricks you can disguise it with them <laughs> it is really heavy wow. and like they're, i mean they're not I would... as heavy as you think i mean Ooh, they how are heavy <laughs> <laughs> i mean i would love to put this problem to the test and have a heavy head wearing the crown but <laughs> i don't think that'll be happening Cartier, for me are you listening yeah exactly yeah, well, yeah we can well, well, well i have some tiaras i can get um tanya <laughs> I got a tiara hookup. I was about to say we have another one. It's so amazing. <laughs> so, yeah. so many Welcome to the click. Um, that's amazing. No, so, wait, but, so, sorry. so sorry, the heaviness. How heavy? <laughs> I need to know because I assumed it was like thirty pounds. Yeah, it's a lot no, of metal. I mean, if you're not, if you're not, especially when you're not talking about like this, the super huge coronation pieces, like the 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 fashion tiaras that they're wearing, you know, are actually there's a lot of it's kind of the, the stones are nestled in kind of an open framework. I mean, they're, it's a special technique that's actually huh. designed to kind of take the weight out of um, tiaras and headgear wow. because you want to be comfy in your tiara. Those those diamonds and gold, um, you want to keep that on as long as possible. So they're ergonomically designed. Exactly. But like, so how many pounds do you think will be on her head? How many pounds? Not the money. <laughs> not the British LDS. Yeah. Yeah. The, those are priceless. Um, um, I would say mm, I haven't weighed a, a tiara lately, but less, <laughs> less than a pound, maybe. Oh, okay. oh my gosh, that's so okay. nice. What like an easy thing. This has been amazing. Thank you so much for giving us all of this information. So We've been so desperate for it. We've just been yeah. staring at tiaras online. Like, yes. what is she going to wear? Yeah, <laughs> it was very fun prep to chat with you. Uh, and we're very excited, of course, to see on Saturday. And we, we want to hear from you also. It's amazing. I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> So thank you so much, Thanks, Tanya. Guys. Before we adjourn the Royal Pod, uh, we're going to just quickly touch on some Royal Highs and Lows. It's time for the Royal Highs and Lows. My high is going to be that the freaking wedding's happening. The freaking wedding's happening! It's like the only high there is, and the low is going to be all the family drama because it's really sad and depressing. It's super, super upsetting. Oh, my God. Well, the high, my high of the week was getting to chat with Tanya about tiaras. I want to do that all the time. I know. I wish she had a bunch of tiaras for us to try on. <laughs> Very upsetting. Um, maybe next time. So that's my high. And my low is, yeah, all this medical horror that this family is going that Thomas Markle's going through that Megan has to deal with this that Andrew Morton might never give me another royal biography all of that is my very very low but it's all terrifying but everything's going to be okay because they're getting married in a couple of days thank goodness just a reminder that we will have a special episode dropping Saturday morning with etiquette expert Micah Meyer who'll be telling us how to not act like commoners during the wedding um, so listen to that right before you watch the real wedding from your couch. So that's perfect. And then later that day at 2.30, we're going to have a Facebook Live and Instagram Live recap of the wedding. And it's just going to be me and Caitlin looking probably 
pretty tired probably pretty busted um drunk but, but so happy yes and so and just so ready to chat about the royal wedding with all of you um so tune in on saturday afternoon you'll be sleepy too but we will keep it fun and uh, just joyful joyful is the, really the only word for it yes and then in the meantime uh thanks again to tanya for joining us for that amazing jewelry explainer yeah like that was really great um so and you should follow tanya she's amazing you should follow her on twitter at tanya dukes it's t-a-n-y-a-d-u-k-e-s and the same handle for instagram and i'm lisa ryan you can follow me on twitter at lisa raya and read my writing at the cut yes and i'm caitlin menza you can follow me on twitter and instagram at hey k men's h-e-y-k-m-e-n-z and see my writing at caitlinmenza.com And until Saturday morning, God save the pod. Her Majesties of Royally Obsessed have retired for this episode. God save the pod. And if you fancy the podcast, give Royally Obsessed the royal rating of five stars on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and join our Facebook group, Royally Obsessed. Royally Obsessed is a gallery podcast production.